Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. We really appreciate you guys tuning in for the podcast this week. If you believe we deserve it, go and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If you do that, make sure you take a screenshot and send it to my boss, Pete Mundo, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you a free koozie, uh, Heartland College Sports koozie. There's not many of those out. So uh, if, if you would, go and do that. We really appreciate you guys tuning in every week. We've got a good one for you this week. Can you smell it in the air? It's officially spring football time. Spring scrimmages are popping off across the country. And this weekend, we have a huge list of games going on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Lots of teams uh, putting their uh, stuff out for the public for the first time. Uh, letting their rosters go against one another on on the field of play with with fans in in tow, and it's really an exciting time for for college football fans because you finally get to see those newcomers or those transfers that you've been reading about or watching old film on. You get to finally see them put on that jersey for the first time and see what they look like uh, in your new in your team's favorite jersey and and on a new roster. And if it's not the transfers, it's new coaches, new coaching staffs are, are being put together, and, and this is their first chance to really go at it with, with a crowd behind them. So it's quite an exciting time, and that's kind of where we're going to float today. There's lots of things that we're really looking forward to, uh, and we're going to start with Florida. The Florida Gators are coming off a bad season, especially by their uh, by their lofty expectations. It wasn't that long ago that Florida was competing for national championships. And and last season, in Billy Napier's first year, they just they weren't good. Um, the Gators struggled in SEC play, and they, to be honest, they struggled in their non-conference as well. And you just, you can't go, you can't go six and seven and expect to uh, make Florida fans happy. And so, Billy Napier has a chance to turn some things around uh, in 2023. It's going to take a, a big effort from him and from his uh, from his team, but we get a first look at them uh, this Thursday. Actually, yeah, that is that is today. That's the day that we record this podcast. That's that game is on Thursday, uh, 7:30 p.m. on ESPN Plus. If you want to catch that one. On Friday, uh, Miami kicks things off for the for the bigger games that we're looking forward to. Uh, that game is on the ACC Network at 7.30 p.m. And Miami, uh, last season, we, we saw them struggle just like the Gators. Uh, Miami was not bowl eligible. Um, and we, we saw them really struggle along the offensive line, which for a Mario Cristobal team is not something that we're – really used to. And so um, what did Miami do? They went out and they got some of the best offensive line talent in the, in the uh, 2023 class last season. And we're going to get to see a couple of those guys on display. Uh, Francis Muagua is, it was the number six overall player in the class last season. And Samson Okunula was the number 20 player in the 2023 cycle. Both of those guys play offensive line. And they're going to immediately elevate the level of play along Miami's offensive front, which is something they desperately needed last season. So Miami will be one to watch 
certainly for tomorrow. TCU is one that I'm going to rest on here for a second. Um, really what we saw out of, out of TCU last year was a lot to do with what Lincoln Riley, or sorry, Garrett Riley uh, was able to put together uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And he is no longer in Fort Worth. He was poached by uh, Clemson, and he is now on Dabo Sweeney's staff in Clemson, South Carolina. And really, it kind of leaves you to wonder what things are going to look like. What are they going to do? Well, they went out and got Kendall Bryles from Arkansas, which is a terrific hire, in my opinion. And they have Chandler Morris. Now, Chandler Morris is an Oklahoma transfer. He sat, quote-unquote, sat last season. Uh, he won the starting job, but but was injured against Colorado in the first game, and Max Duggan comes in. And then he has a Davey O'Brien award-winning season, and Chandler Morris is on the bench. Well, this is a guy that has been at TCU for two seasons now. It's finally his chance to really take the starting role and run with it, as long as he can stay healthy. And there were some rumors flying around last season that uh, – there were, there were teams afraid that if Max Duggan came off the field for an extended period of time, Chandler Morris was going to have to step in. And he offers a completely different level of athleticism. He is he's an incredible athlete. He's quick. He's a gunslinger. He's a guy that you uh, will see take some chances. But he just has this next level of athleticism that – uh, I think could could be really beneficial for TCU, who's going to be trying to replace a lot of key players uh, with a lot of guys headed to the NFL after last season. So it'll be really interesting to see how he and Kendall Bryles uh, really work together uh, there in Fort Worth. But I do trust what Sonny Dykes is able to do, and I think that he'll be able to get the most out of them. But Chandler Morris is going to be an exciting name to watch in the spring game for TCU. Uh, and that game is at... 8 p.m. on ESPN Plus on Friday. Lots of games on Saturday. Lots of games. And uh, we're going to start with Cincinnati uh, at 12 p.m. This game is not televised, but I'm sure there will be ways of seeing some highlights. The guy that I'm watching, obviously Scott Satterfield's first year, the guy on the field that I'm watching for is Emory Jones, former Florida quarterback who transferred to Arizona State last season, transferred again from Arizona State to Cincinnati, and uh, he's going to be the Bearcats quarterback heading into the Big 12. So it'll be interesting to see what he looks like in the Bearcats offense. Um, Scott Satterfield was was an offensive guy at Louisville, and we saw uh, some interesting things out of him. But I, I think um, Cincinnati's going to really need Emory Jones to be a difference maker uh, if they're going to have any kind of success in the Big 12 in year one. So that'll be somebody to watch. Ohio State. Ohio State is next on the list. They also are uh, kicking off at noon. They are on the Big Ten Network because, of course, they are. It's Ohio State. Um, They are going to start the post-C.J. Stroud era tomorrow. Or, sorry, on Saturday. And I'm really interested to see what Ohio State looks like at quarterback. Because... Kyle McCord is the guy that you are hearing about. And Devin Brown was recently injured and is going to miss the spring game. And so we're probably going to see a lot of Kyle McCord in this in this game. And so it'll be interesting to see 
what he looks like and what uh, what Ohio State looks like with him under center because we've grown so used to C.J. Stroud just throwing for a 1,000 yards and pretty much doing whatever he wants to offensively with the ball. So it's going to be – I'm just interested to see how they tick with a new name under center. We kind of spoke shortly about Clemson a second ago with Garrett Riley being there, but let's 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 fall in on that for a second and, and camp out. Clemson's also playing their spring game on Saturday. They kick off at 1 p.m. It's on the ACC network, and I'm going to be looking for what Garrett Riley does with the Tigers' offense. You've got Cade Klubnick who is uber talented. DJ Uyangalele is gone. He is he is at Oregon State now. And so this is Cade Klubnik's team. And the Tigers have been awesome on defense for years. But over the last couple of seasons, we've really seen them struggle with, uh, with their offense. And it just hasn't been championship-level football uh, from the Tigers. And so – we really need, if they're going to get back to what we've been used to seeing Dabo Swinney's teams looking like over the last few years, we're going to need to see them start putting points and, and yards up in bunches again. And they certainly went out and got a guy that could do that. Uh, Garrett Riley's offense at TCU last season was one of the best in college football. It got them all the way to the national championship before they ran into a buzzsaw in Georgia. But needless to say, TCU's offense was incredible, and it was consistent. And a lot of that has to do with Garrett Riley uh, being one of the better offensive minds in football. And I think with Clemson uh, grabbing him up and, and allowing uh, him to become a part of a staff that, that was already uh, littered with good names, I think having Garrett Riley there, if he and Kate Klubnick can hit it off uh, and mesh well from the get-go, I think that could be a match made in heaven for Clemson, and Clemson fans will be very happy about that. Um, this one, Mississippi state is going to be on ESPN plus at 1 PM. And I'm more just curious about what things look like without, without the pirate. Um, when, when Mike Leach passed away last year, it was, it was quite shocking to everyone in college football. And I am curious to see what, Mississippi State looks like, uh, and what kind of um, maybe uh, memorial they have for him there. Uh, was one of my favorite personalities, one of my favorite coaches of all time. Definitely uh, somebody that made me really excited about getting into sports media, uh, being able to interview coaches like him um, is just something that I've always look forward to. And and in reality, there is no coach like him. So it'll be weird to see uh, Mississippi State without Mike Leach on the sidelines, but uh, that'll be one to watch for as well. Uh, And now we're going to go to the Big 12. This is probably the one, if I could only watch one spring game on Saturday, this would be the one I would watch. The Texas Longhorns, they went out and got Arch Manning this season, this last season, this recruiting cycle. They landed the top overall player, and Arch Manning is now um, taking reps uh, as a quarterback with Texas. Obviously, Quinn Ewers comes in as the incumbent starter. This is his team by all reports. 
But I want to see if Quinn Ewers has taken the steps necessary to keep a distance between he and Arch Manning. Or is a guy like Arch Manning able to come in and make this a true quarterback battle uh, as spring ends? That'll be uh, – make no mistake, Texas's quarterback room has as high a ceiling of anybody in college football with those two names at the top. And so um, I think a little competition between the two of them is is definitely would be something beneficial uh, for Texas in the long run. But I just don't know that, uh, that Arch is going to be able to overcome um, Quinn Ewers if he has made – substantial progress from last season. Uh, Yours is uber talented himself. Both of those guys come in uh, with perfect 1.00 ratings from 247 Sports on the uh, on their composite ratings. And there's not many guys out there that, that earn that high of a ranking. So when you have two of those guys going back and forth in a quarterback room, it's only it can be it can be good as long as it's handled right. And Steve Sarkeesian is the right coach. Uh, for those guys. But uh, outside of Arch Manning, I want to see what linebacker Anthony Hill brings to the to the Longhorns defense, who was much improved last season. Uh, he was an incredible athlete in the 2023 class and is somebody that, that definitely could uh, bring a new level of physicality uh, to the to the linebacker uh, linebacking core for Texas. He was listed at 6'2", 225 pounds out of high school as the number 17 player in the country. Uh, was number one linebacker in the country uh, whenever he committed to to Texas. Also, Cedric Baxter, um, one of the highest-rated running backs in the country last season, uh, and somebody that I definitely believe will be a playmaker for, for Texas early on. Uh, we'll get our first look at him. Is Isaiah Nair back? Uh, Nair, if you'll remember, missed the 2022 season. Uh, after a lower extremity injury, I believe it to be a knee, uh, if I remember correctly. But that's a guy, that's a difference maker in the, in the wide receiver room that's already got uh, newcomer Jonte Cook, and uh, they've got plenty of playmakers across the board. Jatavian Sanders at tight end, and uh, let's not forget Xavier Worthy, who as a borderline All-American coming back um, after – Somewhat disappointing season last year, but he he stuck around in Austin, and it'll be uh, it'll be really exciting to see what Texas is able to put on the field uh, with all of those offensive weapons. The offensive line at Texas is also something to watch for. If with all the talent that they brought in last season, um, if they continue to take steps, Texas could be a true contender uh, for maybe even more than a Big Twelve title uh, this season. Tennessee is another one I'm going to be watching. Nico Iamaliva. Uh, I probably butchered that, but uh, one of the one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the country in last year's class. Rumor has it that he signed an eight million dollar deal with Tennessee, and that's why he's the Vols' new quarterback. Um, Joe Milton is still there, so it'll be interesting to see uh, who's named the starter uh, in that game, and and maybe you know have uh, the hand tipped of the staff who is going to be the starter come next season, but still a long way out. We'll get to see plenty of both of them, but uh, there, there's not a whole lot of 
uh, guys out there that have more hype than what Nico Iamaliva brings into Tennessee this season. And with Hendon Hooker out um, and headed to the NFL, they're going to need a playmaker to emerge at quarterback for them to uh, follow up an 11-2 and season last year. Uh, USC is another one to look, look for. Obviously, Caleb Williams is the guy in uh, Los Angeles, but we're going to get to see Malachi Nelson, who was one of the uh, one of the best quarterbacks in last year's class. Um, he comes in as the number 13 player in the country, number five quarterback in the class, and is somebody to definitely uh, watch for because he will be the face of USC football after Caleb Williams leaves uh, this season, I'm assuming um, that he is going to be at least a front runner for another Heisman Trophy. But uh, he is eligible after this season to go to the NFL draft, and will certainly uh, do so as he's he has spoken openly about in the past. So, um, be interesting to see what Malachi Nelson looks like for the Trojans. Uh, Florida State will also play their uh, spring game tomorrow. Sorry, on Friday, Saturday, my goodness, on Saturday at 4 o'clock on the ACC Network. Florida State comes in with a lot of hype. They returned a lot of players from last year's season, uh, last year's team that was incredibly good um, and took the right step, uh, beating Oklahoma in the Cheez-It Bowl. It was was the first time that they had had double-digit wins in a season since – Jameis Winston was in town, so it, it was a really good moment for Florida State. But there's a lot of hype. There are a lot of people picking Florida State as a potential uh, playoff contender in 2023, and a lot of that just falls on the shoulders of Jordan Travis. Can he live up to the hype? He's going to be somebody uh, that's going to be a favorite um, to win the Heisman as well, uh, only probably behind Caleb Williams at this point. But can he live up to that hype? Uh, I'll be interested to see how that all plays out. And then the final one that I'd like to talk about, which uh, we cover the Big 12 here with Heartland College Sports as good as anybody. And one one of the um, most interesting spring games for me coming up is Ole Miss. And that's because former Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders is – Supposedly having he supposedly has the inside track to the starting job at Ole Miss uh, this season, and so seeing him in anything other than orange and black is going to be odd for me. But uh, he certainly has an opportunity to showcase his talents with the Rebels this season, and I'm really excited to see what he's able to do with the Rebels. Um, he certainly was he was he had some up and down seasons at Oklahoma State but he he was 100% an Oklahoma State guy through and through um fans loved him they stood by him whenever he struggled and he is going to be that kind of guy for Ole Miss as well um but but seeing him in Lane Kiffin's system is going to be something interesting for me and I and I really do look forward to seeing what he's able to to put on the field as a rebel and uh, see if he can uh, maybe improve on uh, some of his turnover issues that he had at, at Oklahoma State throughout his career. If he can do that, um, he is certainly a good enough athlete to be one of the top quarterbacks 
in the SEC next season. So definitely one to watch for uh, down there in Oxford. And that game is at 3 o'clock on ESPN+. That's going to do it for us today here on the Portal Podcast. We really appreciate you guys listening in. Again, if you would, just go go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, if you do that, make sure and send a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie as soon as he gets that screenshot. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal. <laughs>